0: This is sort of our vacation church. We uh, come up here every, at least once a year and uh, vacation, then we stay and preach. And I'm going to be back in the fall and preach then, so I, I think I preach here about as many, much as any church other than my own, and uh, we're blessed to be here. We love this church. We love uh, Pastor Lance and MT. They're uh, just really dear friends, and and he's kind of like a son to me, too. I mean, I'm, I'm an old guy, and I'm kind of like a grandpa to everybody, so... I really love him, appreciate him, and glad to be here. Um, what I'm going to talk about today, I, I was um, talking to some people during the between the services, and I'm going to talk about the Father's heart towards you, His love towards you, and and I I think that is maybe the most important thing that you can understand uh, when when we think about as a Christian. How many would like to love God more or think you should love God more? Well, the key to that is not sucking it up and be more loving towards God. Really, the key to that and the way the Bible teaches it is that the more you have a revelation of God's love in your heart, the more you will love him. It's, it's, it says we love God because he first loved us. And and uh, what, what I'm talking about today, I really believe... Takes a revelation. I don't think I'm capable of preaching well enough for you just to get it because of what I say. And so, uh, really open up your heart today and, and let God speak to you. I want to read a, a passage of scripture uh, from Ephesians, and I think they they did. They made notes for me up there on the on the screen. And first service, I said overhead, and everybody understood how old I was that I would say, <laughs> Does anybody remember the overheads? The uh, Overhead projector we used to have, and, and I, my, my young guys always give me grief over it because I, I, I say that still. I occasionally say overhead. Uh, it's just, uh, those, were, those were the good old days, you know? People would have, what's your ministry? Well, I, I flip transparencies on the overhead. So if you're young, you have no idea what I'm talking about, and, and that's okay. I want to turn in my Bible to um, Ephesians. Uh, chapter uh, 3, and I want to begin reading verse 16. And, and uh, what, what's interesting, one of the uh, really interesting study you can do sometimes is study through the prayers of Paul. Uh, see how he prayed. And, and this thought that's in this passage is probably preeminent in his prayers, that we would know how much God loves us. In, in verse... Um, 16, he says, I've not stopped thanking God for you. Again, he's praying this. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom. Uh, I think the King James says, the eyes of understanding. If you have a Bible, you could actually look at it. Uh, Do any of you have Bibles today? (laughs) How many have iPhones and you're looking at your, yeah, there you go. Hold up your technical Bible and, uh, Asking God, I pray that the eyes give you spiritual wisdom or the eyes of your understanding be open and insight so that you may grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those who are called his holy people who are rich in glorious inheritance. I pray also, you know what? I'm in the wrong chapter did anybody else notice that? Chapter 3. This is my technical Bible. And uh, so I've, let's go back now to 16. This will make a lot more sense. <laughs> All right. Chapter 3, verse 16. I pray that from his glorious and unlimited riches he will empower you with inner strength through your spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. And your roots will go down into God's love and keep you strong. How many want to be strong? Well, he says, I'm praying that you, you, you have this revelation, this understanding. It gives you strong roots in God. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully. I, I think that's important to understand, that we're, we are always growing in the, our understanding of God's love. And one of the things I love about that, that you, you, you could never get enough of it. You're always more, a desire for more understanding. May you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to fully understand. Then you will may be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. So what Paul's saying, he said, I'm just praying that you'll have a revelation, you have an understanding. Your eyes have understanding. That the spirit will speak to your heart. Kind of what uh, Josh said about the the lawnmower. That that the spirit of God will give you an understanding, a revelation of how much God loves you, and and what that love's like, and what it means to you. He said, when you get that, as you, the more you get that, the more complete you're going to be in Christ. It's really a. I've been a Christian longer, probably than most of you've been alive, and and I, the longer I serve God, the more I realize how important this is right here, more important than all the other stuff we try to do. Just getting that revelation of how much, and what it means, and how God loves me, because as I grow in that, as I grasp that, I become then complete, and all that I desire. And and uh, I, I grew up in church where. It was kind of about what you were supposed to do. How many, how many remember the supposed to do's? And, and you really can't adequately produce those until God produces them in you through his love, through his understanding. And so Paul says, I, I'm just praying that you'll get this. And I'm praying that God will give you a revelation. Let me read a couple more scriptures, and then we'll pray. First John 3, 1. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that's what we are. He said, this is amazing. It's amazing that God would choose us and set his love upon us. he says, you're a child of God. Before I'm anything else, before I'm a father even, before I'm a a husband, before I'm a pastor, I'm I'm a son of God. And that's amazing. He's lavished his love on him. He's given his love to me. In Jude 1, it says, keep yourself in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. A.W. Tozier, was one of my favorite authors. Uh, in The Pursuit of God, he has a quote that just kind of says it all. It says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. But your, your your perception of God ultimately defines everything about your life. The way you see God, the way you understand who he is. Now, here's, here's the problem. All of us were raised by imperfect fathers. Um, if, if you're a dad here today and you're thinking, how, I, I, I like the guy, how do I be a good dad? It's not by telling bad jokes, although... My, my kids would agree with that. that I, I, it, the best of fathers are still imperfect. And, and so all of us grew up with a distorted view of what a dad, what a father really is. It's in Christ that we begin to see that, we begin to understand, because he's a perfect father. I, uh, I, I've been pastoring for about 40 years, and I've often talked to men and women who had more than just a a father who wasn't perfect, but they had a father who was really broken. In fact, in our culture, that's more and more common. Kids grow up in single homes. Kids grow up with really fathers that don't know how to act. And out of their sin and out of their brokenness, there's wounds that get in people's hearts. There's there's, uh, things that happen that we just can't process. And so when we come to God, we sometimes have a hard time really grasping his heart towards us because of the way things have happened. I've, I've talked to people, a number of people over the years, are more comfortable talking about Jesus than they are God the Father, because the word Father actually for some people has a really a negative connotation. But, but even, those, even those that had good fathers, I had a good father, but he was imperfect and there's things that got in my heart and my spirit that when I came to the Lord, God had to begin to correct and change and give me a view of what his real heart is. So we want to pray together. And I want to pray, I want you to put your hand on your heart, would you? We're going to do interactive church here. Put your hand on your heart and hearts on the left side. <laughs> and we're going to pray that God would speak to our heart and speak to our mind and give us revelation. So, uh, Will you pray with me? Now, in my church, they know this, but you guys have to actually repeat with me what I want to say, and we're going to pray together. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, this morning, I bring my heart and mind to you. I ask that you speak to me. I ask that you teach me, and I ask that you reveal yourself to me. Help me to understand to receive and walk in truth that sets me free. Give me a revelation of your love for me. Thank you, Jesus. Father, as we've prayed now for open hearts and open minds, God, I I ask you to help me. God, I pray that uh, you would speak through me to your people. God, you love these people so much. And God, I, I really believe it's your desire to give them a revelation in their hearts, each person individually so that they can understand and know you better. God, help them, like Paul prayed, God, that their eyes and their understanding be enlightened so that they could really receive and understand how you love them, how deep that is, how wide that is, how wonderful that is. And God, I pray you bring healing. I pray you break chains. I pray that you make things new in people's heart today. We ask this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. So uh, this, this is actually probably my favorite subject to preach on. Lance asked me to preach on Father's Day. And uh, I, I love this subject. Probably because it's been so life-changing for me personally. Um, I, often when I preach on this, I'll, talk, I'll use the, the passage in Luke 15 about the prodigal son. And, and my life, my life story was it was a prodigal son, I came back to the Lord. And, and in the process, what God did is he began to restore... And, and even beyond restore, began to give me a true understanding of what God's heart is as a father. I, if you're a father today and you're, you feel a little overwhelmed being a father, I'm, I'm telling you, as you get this in your own heart, as you experience and understand and grasp the love of God, God's heart of a father towards you, it will change and it's a model that you can use towards your children. And so I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you three things, three aspects and there, there's There's more, Um, I I probably have nine or ten that I've preached on at different times, but these, I I really felt God speak these to me for you today. These three uh, um, simple things, really, but they're truth about how God loves you and that God wants you to understand this and get, and what it does, it brings security and peace in your life. Number one is this, that God accepts us the way we are. He loves us unconditionally. How many are grateful for that? Yeah. Um, that that he, he knows exactly what's going on in you. And he loves you where you're at, the way you are now. He also, when you were at your worst. Now, you're all dressed up and you're in church. Well, you're Montana dressed up. You got, you know, I love Montana. I hate suits. I. <laughs> First, first, probably ten years that, we, that I was a pastor, I had to wear a suit every Sunday. I hate suits. They just—why would you wear a tie if you got? A, does anybody have a tie on today? If you, if you have a tie and you like ties, God bless you. But you know, I got too fat a neck to wear a tie. On. But the way you are. But there 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 were times in all of our lives when we weren't like we were today are today. All of us can think back to things. Um, broken times. Uh, I, there are times in my life just, it, it, it gives me chills to think of what a, what, how I was at that time. But you need to understand, even at that time, God loved you and his heart was for you. Romans, um, I'm going to give you a few scriptures here. Romans chapter uh, five, verse eight says, but God demonstrates his own love for us so while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Uh, Psalm 103 says, uh, verse 13 and 14 says, The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him, for he knows how weak we are, and he remembers we're only dust. In the Message Bible, it says he knows us inside and out and keeps in mind that we're made of mud. So he, he here's the point. He, he understands your brokenness and loves you in that place. Um, I got saved when I was four and a half. But I, uh, my teenage years, I backslid. And when I was about 30, I started coming back to the Lord. And probably the first two or three years, it seemed like the Holy Spirit was doing this work in me of changing the way I saw God, of 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 making it a truer picture of God, if you will. Now, Paul said, you're never going to fully understand how God loves you but it's, I had these, these um, different instances where God would do something in my life to give me a revelation of His heart towards me. I, was, uh, I worked a night shift for an oil company in Alaska, and I was uh, coming home with another guy that I worked with, and I had uh, been sharing the gospel with him and talking about Jesus. And as we're driving home, I'm telling him, really going for it, telling him all about Jesus, he needs to get saved. And we got home, got to his house, and, and he just blew me off. Just like, eh, got out of the car. And I remember thinking, I, I am the biggest loser in the world. I am never going to be able to be a pastor. And I, I knew that there was a call in my life, but I thought, I can't even share the gospel. Right? Have, have you ever, how many have ever blown at trying to serve God? Okay, and, and I was just feeling like, man, and I was going through this, time kind of berating myself driving home and, and I heard the voice of the Lord I probably a few times in my life I've actually almost heard a voice this is what he said he said son I'm never going to love you more than I love you right now but when he said that I had a it's like all my life kind of got exposed and I saw I saw that from the time I was a young kid I'd always felt this pressure to earn love when I was, a, I, I, like I said, I had good parents, but I remember bringing home a report card that had four A's and a B. I remember my dad saying, let's work on that B. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but what I heard was, you're never gonna fully measure up. Um, when I was in college, I had, and in the Navy, I had friends, but there was this pressure that I had to maintain a certain image or they wouldn't like me. I was I was kind of, I could be kind of the life of the party. I was, I I could be funny. Years ago, I actually could be funny. And, 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 but if I thought, what if I'm not funny tonight? I I remember I actually had three days. I stayed in my room. I I got massively depressed and just thought, they just love me because this, what if I'm not like that? I realized it even affected my marriage, that I felt I had to act a certain way or Cindy wouldn't really love me. And if she ever saw through that this was what I was doing, I, this, is this communicating this pressure to be something that, so that she'd love me? Now, now, that wasn't in her heart, but that was in mine. And God said, son, you're that way with me too. He said, but I'm never going to love you any more than I love you right now where well, you, you feel like you failed, but I still love you completely. In fact, even thinking of my own kids, when they're going through a tough time, it almost seems like I love them more. I'm more, hearts more for them. And God, in, in just like, I guess an instant, started to break all that bondage and chains of trying to perform and earn love. Now, there were, there were several other things he did, but there's this thing in us that feels like we have to earn God's approval. I do this, and if I do this, and if I do this, then God will love me more. God already loves you. He already loves you completely and perfectly and and in ways that you can't even understand. And and nothing you do changes that. He he accepts you just the way you are. Uh, You know know what that brings? Security in my life. Brings me a sense of of peace. that, You know what? I, I can be I can just be who I am. <laughs> now, I'm not talking about I got to be me, <laughs> Frank Sinatra. <laughs> but, but I am talking about just a piece to walk in what I am and who I am and, and what I have because I'm already accepted. In fact, there's a scripture that said we're accepted in the beloved. I'm really be grateful for that. Yes. Listen, God loves you where you are right now with all the little stuff that nobody else knows about, the thoughts that you would never share with anybody, the feelings you have inside, the doubts, the fears, the apprehensions, the lack of faith, all that stuff, God sees that and his heart's perfect towards you. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. All right, All right, number two, let's go to number two. Number one, God accepts us the way we are. Number two, God loves us with vision. Now, I, I really like that. In fact, I, I believe people have uh, three basic needs in life. I think they have a need to be loved unconditionally, and we just talked about that. I believe they have a need for security, and we're gonna talk about that in a minute. But I also believe that they have a need for significance. What, what I'm saying is, I want my life to count. I, 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 before I was really serving the Lord, uh, I, I chased all kinds of different things, got involved and studied different things. And all of them were a dead end until I really connected with Jesus. And I realized there, there's there's life here. There's something here. Um, the, the night that Cindy and I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, kind of to the rest of the story, I got saved at four and a half. Teenage years, backslid at when we were about 30, Cindy and I went to this little Pentecostal church in North Kenai, Alaska. We had bib overalls and long hair. We were, some of you don't know what this is, but we were hippies. (laughs) And we go into this church. Everybody had suits and dresses on. The ladies had, they were all dressed up and a lot of them had buns in their hair or whatever, you know. And we, we had hair too. We had probably more hair than they had. But After the message, the pastor gave an altar call and Cindy and I went down for prayer. And as he was praying for us, and it was, it was, honestly, it was a little weird. There was probably 30 people around us praying in tongues, shouting in tongues, and dancing around, and I thought, whoa, dude, this is really far out. He prayed for me, and then he looked at me and Cindy, and he said, God's given me a faith picture for you. Such a, he says, such an amazing faith picture for you. Now, I, I don't know if he said that to everybody he prayed for. I don't, I, I'd never heard that before. But something ignited in my spirit. I, I believe what I was hearing, God, God say, Bob, I believe in you. I have, I, I'm going to do something with your life that you can't imagine. Exceedingly, in fact, this passage Paul did right after this, is exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or imagine. And, and something stirred in our hearts. And for years, as God was working on us, I kept thinking of this faith picture. Years later, I met this man at a conference and he'd actually fallen out of ministry, gotten in, kind of got off the rails and he was trying to come back. And when I saw him, I went up to him and, and I shared with him what, what had happened. I said, I, I don't know if you remember, but you prayed for my wife and I, uh, I think it was 10 years before that. And I said, this is what God has done. Now I was a pastor and our church was growing. And he started to weep because he, he personally forgot how much vision God has for people. He doesn't quit on you. Let me read you a couple of scriptures on that. Uh, Psalm 138, verse eight says, the Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your love, O Lord, endures forever. Jeremiah twenty-nine, eleven. this is a really Popular scripture, famous scripture. For I know the plans I have you, declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Romans 8 29, listen to this. This is great. This is from the Message Bible. God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the onset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. A son stands first in line of humanity, he restored. We see the original an intended shape of our lives there in him. When God calls you, one of my favorite scriptures, Ephesians 2.10, we are God's masterpiece, NLT says, masterpiece created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. From the time God, your life was surrendered to God, and and I believe even before that, I think before you were even born, God had a purpose and a destiny for your life. When you get saved, you join that purpose and destiny. You you embrace it and God has vision for you and he has he sees things in you that nobody else sees that you can't possibly see. When Cindy and I were two really broken kids standing before this pastor and he's praying over us and saying, God gave me a faith picture, I, I couldn't imagine, I, I, I was just hoping to get our marriage back together and just if we could just make it through life. I had no idea that I would be a pastor and that we would build a church. We'd get to be a part of all that. But God sees all that. He sees your life, not just your ministry, but he sees your life as, as a part of his plan. Last night, Cindy and I went out for dinner. And uh, when we came home, I was, I, I, I've been battling some stuff, as you can hear from my voice. And I said, I'm really tired. I think I'm gonna go to bed early. And so we got to the hotel, we went to the room, put our key in, and nothing happened. And she put her key up, and nothing happened. We got the, clerk came up, and they tried their key, nothing happened, and tried several different things. Finally, we're down in the lobby, and they said, we're going to have to call either, I, I don't know, the assistant manager or the maintenance guy, he had to come from his house. Two and a half hours later, we, we finally got into the room. While we, all this was going on, Cindy texted me a message, and she said, "Be nice." I told him, "You're a pastor." <laughs> and I wasn't honestly. I wasn't feeling very nice. And I, but I, my wife is definitely the better part of me, and she counseled me, and I listened. And so we were just nice to the guy, and we're up in the room, and uh, I, in my mind, I was. Grumbling and thinking, Man, Lord, what's the deal here? I gotta preach tomorrow. I'm not feeling well. And and now it's ten thirty at night. I'm not you know, it's probably another hour or two before I get, get to sleep. And do, do you do you know how important my preaching is tomorrow, Lord? Uh, do, does anybody else have those private conversations, Lord? And and actually I, I felt like the Lord spoke to me, He said, Maybe I had a different plan than you. And the guy said to me, he said, what church are you preaching at? Because she had told him I was preaching. I said, Hope Church. He said, you guys are so nice. He said, I think I might come. I don't know if he's coming today, but he's, he, I told him when the services are and where the church is, and he might come. Maybe God's plan was to take our door so that he could connect with this church and meet Jesus. Now, I, I don't... On, I don't know that, but I... It could be. You see, my life, all of my life, is about the purposes and plans of God. That's right. and, and oftentimes, things happen, and we, we're not even aware that God's using us or doing things with us, but God's transforming lives. God's, God, we are his workmanship, his, his masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good works, which is a lot of the things that I think are good works are not near as successful as the things that God does with me kind of unconscious about it. Amen? Yeah. Years ago, uh, we were. it was during the summer, and we had a... Um, I, I'm not even sure how this happened because it's kind of unusual that it happened, but Pastor Lee, who's my associate, pastor been with me for 38 years, he had a young man come up and give his testimony of somebody he'd met at the fair. And so this guy, the guy stood up, and he said... Um, I grew up in Great Falls. He said, I, uh, um, I was gay, and I went to, um, I, I lived here, and you know, it's obviously kind of repressive in Great Falls, and my desire was always to get out of town. He said, I lived next door to a pastor, and he would talk to me about Jesus all the time, and I'd just blow him off, just ignore him, blow him off, and not, but he said, his words kind of stuck in my heart, and, he said, I went to San Francisco so I could pursue the lifestyle that I, I wanted to do. He says, while I was there, I got involved with a group. I think it was called Exodus. He says, I met Jesus. He says, I got saved. He says, this is my wife. He introduced his wife was there. He says, I'm, I'm a changed man. It was, I mean, it was a really cool testimony. Afterwards, I went up to him and I said, who was the pastor? I thought it was probably Lee, uh, my associate, because he's so kind and gracious. And He said, it was you. I said, really? I I, I honestly didn't remember him at all. Then he described the house he lived, because it was kind of unique, which was right next door to us. He said, yeah, you'd talk to me all the time, and I'd I'd just ignore you. you. Your life, your life is a purpose. Your life is a destiny. Everywhere you go, everything you do, God is doing things through you. You're you're His hands and feet. And and often, it's just, if you be nice, like Cindy said, if you listen to the Spirit, it's amazing what God will do. I I love the fact that my life has significance, that it has purpose. It's not being a pastor. Everything, being a father, being a husband, all that fits into the purposes and the plans of God. God loves you with vision. Now, in Hebrews, I'll give you a little, the other side of the story. In Hebrews says, those he loves, he disciplines. And the child he embraces, he also corrects. It goes on to say, no discipline's pleasant. How many have figured that out? Spankings hurt, right? But he says he does it so that you be a partaker of his holiness. And so because God has vision for you, he corrects you for your sake, not his. As a father, when you discipline your children, it should be for their sake. I I don't know about you, but I know there are times I've gotten on my kids because they embarrassed me or they interrupted me or they inconvenienced me. and, And it was never successful. When I did it for their sake, Cindy used to say when our kids were young, she said, I want to raise kids that other people love. And so if I kept that in my mind, when I would discipline or correct them, but I would do it because I've, what I, the vision I had for them, they, they would actually receive it. God help. That's a good tip for fathering, by the way. God disciplines you because he has vision for you. He has purpose in your life. Your life, when it, once it comes to Christ, is a life of destiny. A life of Purpose. Uh, the last one, and, and maybe my favorite, is that he loves us faithfully. Um, so, so many people today have had parents because of their own brokenness that weren't really faithful. Or we've been in relationships with people that should have loved us and didn't continue to love us. All of us have experienced that, that brokenness of unfaithfulness. I want to tell you today that God is just absolutely faithful. Romans 8, 39 says, No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that's revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jeremiah 31, verse 3 says, Long ago, the Lord said to Israel, I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love. With unfitting love, I've drawn you to myself. In the Message Bible says, I've never quit loving you and I never will expect love, love, and more love. In in September of last year, I transitioned the church. I pastored, it was Great Falls Christian Center, then that became New City Church for 38 years. And uh, we had a a big party, celebration, and uh, we passed the reins of the church, the leadership of the church, to a new generation. The, the six months before that, Cindy and I were just emotional. I knew it was God's time. I knew it was the will of God. I wasn't regretting it at all. I wasn't sad about leaving, but there was this, every time i talk about it, i cry and I'd, I'd talk to the Lord about it. and What I felt God spoke to me, I was just so grateful for God's faithfulness to me all my life. Last year, I, I purposed to read psalms every day. That would be part of my devotions. And one day I was reading uh, in Psalms 90, and uh, the scripture, just God spoke to me through it. Psalms 90, verse 1 and 2 says, Lord, through all the generations, you've been our home. Before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the earth and the world, from beginning to end, you're a God. When I was four and a half years old in a little Baptist church in Oklahoma, I walked down the aisle. They were singing, Just As I Am. I think all Baptists got saved, Just As I Am. And I asked Jesus to be my savior. I, I can still remember that. Uh, I, I remember, yeah, I and mean, I've told this so many times, that I, it could be from just retelling it, but it seemed as though there were angels in the room. I really had, even at four and a half, I had an encounter with God and He became my God. As I went through grade school and into high school, I started drifting. I wanted to be a part of the world more. I wanted to be, I felt like I was missing out on something. When I was probably 15 or 16, I began to leave my God. And I wandered for probably 12 or 15 years, just wandered in darkness. I really pretty bad darkness at times to, to where I would almost act like an enemy of God. He was still my God. When I was 30, Cindy and I came to this little church and in my heart, he became my God again. And all my life, I realized all my life from a little boy I'm 73 years old. He's been my God. He's been my home. When I've wandered, I got lonely. I got lonely. In fact, those years of backsliding were filled with all kinds of sin and and fun. But there was this, this deep, deep loneliness inside because he's my God and he's my home. And when I look back on my life now, I say, God, you just never, ever quit on me. And you took me and my wife and you let us do things we didn't think were possible. We had no idea we would get to build this, be a part of building this amazing church and see the ministries and things we've got to participate in. God, you've had a journey, you've had a destiny and you've been faithful every step of the way. God, I love you. Because you love me. I love you. I'm so grateful that you chose to love me so that you could do what you wanted in me. God loves you the way you are. He has vision for your life. He has has a destiny and a purpose for you. And he is absolutely, completely faithful to that, even when we're not, because that's who he is. And so my security is not in my love for God, but in his love for me. Can you say amen? Will you bow your heads? Father, I, I pray now, God, Lord, you really love these people. God, you even told me to speak this word because you love them. But God, now I pray that you do what only you can do, that you give them revelation. Today, tomorrow, throughout the week, throughout the the days to come, God, you give them a deepening, increasing revelation of your amazing love for them. Lord, that they be safe and secure, significant, in you. I thank you for this. While your heads are bowed, could could you leave the lights up a little bit? While your heads are bowed, if you're here today and you don't have a right relationship with God, and, and if you don't, you know that, maybe you've never been saved, maybe there's never been a time in your life where you've committed your life to Christ, or maybe there was a time years ago when you did and you've just kind of run away from it. And, and it's time to come home. Where, wherever you are, if you need to come back to Jesus, I, I, this is the, my deepest desire my heart to help you with that. So if you need to come to Jesus or come back to Jesus this morning, I, I would like to pray for you. Will, will you just simply slip your hand up so I can see you, if that's you? Okay? Okay. anyone else this is your day to get right with God you know that my, my favorite story in the Bible is Luke 15 the prodigal son says when he was a far way off his father ran to him if you turn towards God he'll come, come for you right away one more time I want to look around the room I want to make sure there's nobody else All right, let's pray a prayer together. And maybe for some of you, it's the first time. Uh, Maybe you've prayed this a hundred times, but let it renew something in your heart today. Lord Jesus, pray together, you gotta say it out loud. Lord Jesus, this morning, I bring my life to you. I know that I'm a sinner, but I know that you died for my sins to pay the price ask you to forgive me and restore my heart. Help me to know you, to understand your love for me and help me to walk in it. I I believe that you rose from the dead so that I can have eternal life. And today, I give my heart, my will, and my way to you. Thank you, Jesus. If you prayed that prayer or if you have any other prayer requests, there are prayer teams in the corners and you can come and meet them. God bless you guys. Walk in his love. Amen.